Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No Podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. The Herd is a social app that is changing how we find and share recommendations for beauty, health, and wellness services. And I can't wait to tell you more about the app and why I love it so much. Stay tuned for more on The Herd. Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of The Know with me, Nikki Spo. I'm really glad that you're here today because today I get to interview Bethany Webster. I have had her on my radar for over a year now. I've read her book more than twice, and I'm just, I'm so excited for you to hear from her today. She wrote the book, Discovering the Inner Mother, and we're going to talk about the mother wound today, okay? Bethany Webster is a writer, international speaker, and transformational coach. She started blogging in 2013 about the mother wound and quickly experienced worldwide demand for her work. Through blending research on intergenerational trauma, feminist theory, and psychology with her own personal story, Bethany's work is a result of decades of research and her own journey of healing. Bethany speaks, consults, and mentors around the world, sharing her growing body of work that is raising the standards of women's leadership and personal development. As I sat down to re-listen to her book again, now that my mom had passed away, I was reaffirmed in the way that I handled my own healing journey. And I trust in my heart that I did the right thing for my own well-being and growth. Today, we all have the incredible privilege to hear Bethany Webster elaborate on some of the topics in her book and in her overall teachings. Get your journals out or your notes app opened because this is an episode full of important healing advice for every woman. Because while every woman may not be a mother, every woman has a mother, whether we know who she is or not. We are all daughters and it is up to us to do our own healing for ourselves, but also for the next generation of daughters and sons and for society as a whole. So let's get started with Bethany Webster. I read your book before, um, before she passed, like when it came out and I re-listened to it several times since then, but again, most recently after she passed and I'm just like, it dawned on me that everything you reaffirmed so much of the healing work that I did. And I think a lot of us, and I, I definitely want to talk about this down the road. I think I don't, I can't tell you that somebody taught me how to do this, Bethany. I just knew like it was like the way to survive. 
You know, like I, nobody was coaching me on like, this is what you're going to do. And this is called the mother wound. But when I read your book, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is what I've been feeling. I was like, this is it. I, this is what I know in my bones to be true. You are so brave. I just want to say I honor your courage because I know I, I can relate. And it's the, one of the hardest things that a woman can go through is the stuff that you're talking about right now. And I'm just blown away. Like a lot of people I think are interested in this topic but they're like scared to talk about it, which I totally understand. Um, and I felt such a powerful energy when I heard from you and my my assistant sent me your information. I'm like, she's the real deal. I want to talk to her. Like, I just got that vibe from you. I just want to say, I appreciate like the path that you've taken, the fact that you intuitively, you know, did it yourself and that I'm so happy. It like makes my heart so happy to hear that you found validation for the steps that you had to take on your own and, and our culture is like just starting to deal with this stuff. So um, I'm honored to talk to you and excited to connect with your audience. And I'm glad that, I'm sh I mean, I'm sure that your courage inspires, you know, your community so much and especially that you're so transparent. I mean, I think that's the most powerful thing we can do is just be really courageous and real and share, you know, the real path. This is the kind of work it takes. Thank you so much, Bethany. It's it's wild, you know, and there's so many things, like so many nuggets that like I take from your book. Like I remember even when I was giving birth to my sons, like there, you touch on like these two topics of, and we're going to get to like the mother archetypes. But I remember thinking like when I was giving birth, I was like, I want my mom. And I didn't necessarily want my mom, I like her. I wanted mother source. I wanted mother. And I remember feeling like, I want to go home. Like whenever I get too scared or overwhelmed, I'm like, I want to go home. And I'm still every day, Bethany, teaching myself that I am home. Like home is within me. And I think that's hard for women who were the lost daughters of the world, right? Like we were not mothered and we were like mothered by the universe in our own indirect ways to like find a sense of what it feels like to be home and feels like to be held by mother or God or whatever it is that we identify as our own higher power. So, I mean, this concept in a lot of ways, I think is, um, is, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are waking up to it, like the work that you've done and, and others in your field have, have also done. Um, but I think there's a, still a school of people that are like, no, 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 respect your mother. Just like you outlined in your book, you know, like don't question mommy, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I almost wanted to title this podcast episode, you wrote this in your book, mommy isn't coming and you are still safe. Right. But I feel like it might be a little too scary for, for like, for people who are like just getting their feet wet with this type of work. Um, it's a lot to take, take in, but so worth it. And we're, you know, we're going to get into everything. And I have, so I have so much to ask you about today. I want to get right into it. I've, I, as I mentioned, I read your book a few times now, um, both during my own healing journey and in regards, like in my experience with my own mother, um, I feel I'm like at a sophomore level, right? Like maybe a junior level when it comes to this topic, um, a little bit beyond freshman level, but definitely not a senior, senior yet. And definitely don't have a college degree in it. Um, but I know that the language can be really unfamiliar to those who are just starting to get their, their feet wet in this world of healing the mother wound. Can you tell us what exactly the mother wound is? So the mother wound is the way I define it is the ways that we unconsciously limit and sabotage ourselves as a result of specific dynamics with our moms. So it's almost like the ways, 
like we bond with our mother's patterning, her beliefs, her values, like they kind of start out as the raw material of who we are. And because we live in a patriarchal society, a patriarchal world where women are considered less than, um, we bond with our own oppression, basically. Um, so mothers in the best of situations, you know, like the mother wound is, it's on a spectrum. So um, in the best of situations, a mom passes down values and beliefs and thoughts and patterns that are limiting, but they're a way to stay safe in a patriarchal world. So things like don't be too big, don't offend other people, um, don't rock the boat, put other people's needs first. Like this is how you survive in a patriarchal world, right? So some moms have to do that. And that's kind of the, in the best of situations, that's the worst for some women. And they have a pretty decent, good, supportive relationship with their moms. On the other end of the spectrum of the mother wound though, there are those of us who've had moms who have gone through trauma and abuse. And so and if they haven't done any inner work around it, they will project that or play that out, replicate it with their daughters. So that's kind of a more severe end of the mother wound where a mom can be sadistic, she can be abusive, she can be uh, manipulative, um, and all kinds of things can happen. So we all fall somewhere on this spectrum based upon many factors. But the fact that we all have it to some degree is because of this larger atmosphere of patriarchy that says women aren't good enough, women aren't, we're not enough, like we're inherently deficient. Even though now feminism and, you know, we've made so many uh, strides, women have, you know, more college degrees than ever, um, but, and many, many things like that, but there are still so many things, so many ways that we're behind you know, women of color still have high mortality rates. Um, Native American women still go missing. Um, women are still earning way less than men. So it's like this patriarchal thing, it lives in us. It's in our systems, it's in our institutions, it's everywhere. So the ways in which we bond, this is like the mother wound is in a way how we bond with patriarchy as well, because it's really passed in that intimate bond of mother and child. And feminists of the past have said, like Adrienne Rich, one of the most amazing feminist poets in our history, said something like, the mother-daughter bond is the primary place where patriarchy um, violates. It's the first place that patriarchy violates um, the human relationship. You talk about four major ways that the mother wound shows up in the world, like the personal, cultural, spiritual, and planetary. Can you, can you elaborate on those a little bit? Absolutely. So the definition I just gave you earlier was for the personal, the personal level of the mother wound. So that's like dealing with our specific relationship with our mom and how that has impacted and shaped us. The other levels are the cultural level of the mother wound. And that's just more on like a collective level, how we're, we've all been conditioned to, um, well, have this messed up relationship with mothers, right? Mothers are either, you know, deified and seen as saints or they're blamed for everything. So we all have to kind of navigate that the the female, the feminine is like devalued. And that, that impacts everyone. Just like you said, with men and boys, their feeling capacity, their, you know, intuition, all their subtle, more feminine aspects also get devalued. Right. And demeaned. Right. So it's it's kind of looking at that more cultural, the cultural mother wound, like the cost that that has on all of us. And then the spiritual mother wound is about how it's really a wound with a higher power. It's like if we have a strong, severe mother wound with our own mothers, it's very difficult to feel like 
I belong in my body. I belong in the universe. I matter. Um, there's a higher power that loves me and that's looking out for me. Um, so it, it, it's like the mother wound can act like a veil over our relationship with, with life itself. And one of the awesomest benefits of healing the mother wound on a personal level that I've experienced is profound, like spiritual awakening, like realizing like, wow, everything is connected. Really, everything is one. And, and the, the benevolence of life becomes a visceral reality. So it's not possible, though, if we have these necess- you know, these blocks inside of us to protect because of the abuse or trauma that we've gone through. Um, so that's the spiritual that's the spiritual mother wound. And then the planetary mother wound is, you know, what we're going through right now with climate change and manifestations are like pollution and, you know, just an ignorance of the earth as a living being and that she gives us life and just a complete disconnection of the responsibility in that relationship. So it's, it's multiple layers. This thing is huge, the mother wound, but, um, the key real, the key level really is that personal level, because once we heal that personal level, we start to automatically, um, start to heal those other levels as well. I mean, I feel like I grew up believing like I didn't have a purpose because if my mother would, could treat me this way and you know, like, like my caretakers, right? Like the important people in my life. If I could be like faulted in all, if everything was my fault, then I must be inherently bad. And that means God doesn't love me. That means I don't even believe in God. And so for a long time, I didn't believe in God, you know, and I thought that God and, or a higher power was for weak people only, right? Like, oh, look at those, look at those weaklings. Like they need God so they can feel okay with themselves, you know? And I've had a very profound spiritual awakening, um, through that work. And it really has opened my eyes up into the connectedness of all of it in the personal. That's why I think it's so important for us to talk about these four levels, right? The personal, cultural, spiritual, and planetary. Um, so how, how does the mother wound most often manifest in our lives? For those of us, for women, the way it manifests are things like competition, comparison, not feeling good enough, uh, perpetually feeling not ready, a sense of stuckness, um, a sense of shame, like there's something wrong with me. And that's really the core. Well, I like to say that the outer ring of the mother wound is shame. So, and that shame can manifest in like so many different ways. It can be like depression, eating disorders, um, you name it. Um, so it can manifest, you know, differently for a lot of us, depending upon the specifics of what, uh, that relationship was like and our history was like, um, but it does have themes. And those themes are, you know, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. And, and so the outer ring of the mother wound is, is that shame. And the inner, the center of the mother wound is really despair. You know, that kind of, that despair that we felt when we were children, where it's like, oh my God, I'm not safe. And I, I have to split from my true self and create a false self in order to survive it's not a conscious thing we do. It's a kind of a survival mechanism. And I talk about this in my course too, that shame in a way is like a survival mechanism. When we say, I'm bad, I must be wrong. I must be terrible. It gives us a sense of control. It gives us a sense of that. I can just improve myself. And then when we heal the mother, when we start to realize there's never been anything wrong with you, you've always been lovable, good to the core, always will be. You're inherently worthy. 
and you don't have to earn your worth. This starts to be a, like an actual experience rather than just a conceptual. So like we talk about patriarchy and I, it's going to come up a lot because a lot of this is centered around that, right? And how we shift that. There's a couple of quotes that really, really stood out to me in in terms of like the patriarchy, because I think a lot of this shame and despair comes from that, right? Like what's the source? Like you mentioned in the beginning that like women are kind of like we're pitted against each other because of this, like the, the overlapping and the looming patriarchy that lives above us, right? Unless we, we take action and we, we work the system in a way that's healthy and um, pure. So the mm-hmm. most you wrote the most insidious belief systems of the patriarchy are passed down by mothers which you mentioned briefly before and then also that the patriarchal thread that runs through all dysfunctional dynamics between mothers and daughters is the demand for obedience in exchange for love that said patriarchal cultures often put women in a double bind right this is something that you talk about at length in the book is yeah. the double bind how can we learn to hold our tongue and speak up it seems impossible right how have we been taught that compliance is required in order to be accepted it's like the patriarchal context makes all of this make sense right because patriarchal the atmosphere is actually another way of saying it if you wanted to take away the pa- the word patriarchy is women are forced to live in a kind of scarcity consciousness. There's not enough power to go around. There's not enough love to go around. And many of our mothers and grandmothers in old school you know, ways were taught, and it was a reality for them that the only way they could feel safe and loved and approved of is through access to men and their access to power. So in order to, they, they were actually very dehumanized. You know, for older generations, you could be like, a nurse or a teacher or like, you know, or a housewife, there was no, there was not much. So compliance was even more critical, uh, back then. And I can, I'm just thinking too now about my own grandmother, like, um, there was also a lot of secrets. Like if you think about like the forties and the Mm fifties, you know, it was like, everybody was perfect. There was housewives, the men went to work and all of this shit was happening behind the scenes in these homes. Yep. But it was not talked about. It was, you know, shamed. It was like, ooh, love is hiding. Love is keeping secrets. That's noble, you know, to just, because what would people think if they knew? And it's true. It was super taboo to have like alcoholism in the home or abuse. It still is, but back then even more so, it could mean like banishment or loss of job or whatever. So secrets and compliance with the status quo, that dysfunctional status quo, was life or death survival for women of previous generations. So they, what they, especially those of us, you know, mothers who went through like war as well, like legit um, real tough times, like poverty and war and things like that, survival necessitated that we shut down feelings, you know? So, so we just learn these things. It gets just passed down, trickled down that we have to be compliant and that if to mothers of those older generations, if we spoke our mind, if we're autonomous, spontaneous, confident, it can feel like an attack on their sense of self. Like, why should why should you be so free when I had to suppress that in me? So daughters kind of feel like this unspoken trepidation. Like, if I fully step into my power, am I leaving my mother behind? Am I a bad daughter for feeling angry at abuse that I'm experiencing, right? It's that bind where our natural human needs and 
and feelings are at direct conflict with the patriarchal norms that we've been forced to live by through many generations. I think that's why being a woman right now is, is such an opportunity because more than ever, we're conscious of this stuff. And it's like a very ripe time to wake up to it and to, to like, you know, break the cycle. This conversation is so good, but before we keep going, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education, and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code THENOGLOW for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. I just want to take a moment to tell you about a new app that is taking Miami by storm, The Herd. You may have seen that I recently moderated a panel of beauty and technology experts at The Herd's Beauty for Breakfast event. Well, I have since made my profile on the app and have positively loved the community. The Herd is a social app that helps women find and share recommendations for beauty, health, and wellness services. So you can think of The Herd as a highly curated Yelp for women's beauty and wellness services. The Herd prioritizes recommendations rather than reviews and is building a positive community where women share their favorite service providers and positive experiences instead of focusing on negativity like some of the other platforms out there. One of the things that I love the most is that it is a female-founded app. They are currently building out their community right here in Miami. So if you live in Miami and you love recommending services to your friends, this is definitely an app for you. Some of the perks? Well, the Herd app has become my little black book for all my self-care providers. And the Herd helps you find like-minded women in the Miami community, and they have a rewards program where you can earn points as you engage on the app. The Herd app is available for both iPhone and Android, and you can easily find it by searching for the Herd. That's spelled T-H-E-H-E-A-R-D, all one word, in the App Store. And check out my profile under Nikki Spolstra to learn more about my personal recommendations and see how I am utilizing the Herd. Like, how do we move through in our power in a way that feels good for everybody? Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's such a great example. Um, and yeah, exactly. What, what I teach in the course is how you can make the link between, you know, what are the current challenges I have right now and how do they relate to how I had to keep myself safe as a child, right? Because most of us are walking around kind of jumbled between our adult self with our like reality-based, you know, assessments of things and the child in us who's still living by those old algorithms of how to stay safe. And for you and your example, it, it sounds like it was like, I'm going to like push back. I'm going to, you know, you know, protect myself by not being compliant, um, which was a great survival mechanism. Like in a way, I'm sure it protected you and served you in that context. But outside of that context of childhood, these kind of patterns that we pick up actually can become obstacles to the kind of relationships and things we want, right? This And this is the key, right? And this is the stuff I, you know, I teach and I practice on a daily basis myself is getting to know 
what the inner child feels like inside of you when she takes the wheel. Because what we don't want to have happen is when the inner child out of fear, like, you know, our amygdala will activate and say, oh, this reminds me of the trauma that I went through. So I need to like push back or whatever. So we disproportionately respond. Um, we want to start to slow that down so that we can stop it quickly and be like, oh, that's my inner child freaking out because this reminds her of X from back in the day. Let me pause, pivot, self-soothe. And then I can like, you know, affirm like, of course this, you'd be triggered right now because it does make sense based on what your history and we're not stuck anymore. So you're safe. I've got you inside me. I'm here to protect and nurture you. And then think, okay, well, what's the most empowering response that I can bring to this situation? So you start to be more at choice. So it's like we start to slow down the triggers. We start to have more confidence. And that's, it's kind of this process where we heal the past in the present and then we open up new possibilities for the future. When anger, like, right, like I, I have a lot of anger and I feel, I feel val like valid in my anger, right? And instead of me judging and shaming my anger, right, like I've been taught to do, I can now look at it, okay, this is a tool, like what's happening? Like, why am I experiencing this anger? Is it a boundary that's being crossed? What is it? Like, and how do I stand firm in that? I want to also ask you what 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 is the difference between the mother wound and the concept of mother blaming? I, I think it's really important for our listeners that we differentiate the two. Uh, mother blame is totally different from you know this work of healing the mother wound. Mother blame is how society blames mothers for everything. You know that says, oh, it's the mother's fault. It's it's mother blame is another form of patriarchy that just blames women, blames mothers, um, and dehumanizes women. Um, and unfortunately, this is one of the reasons why the mother wound has been such a taboo for so long as we've conflated that if I do any kind of healing or, you know, inner work around my mother, then I'm somehow complicit with mother blaming. And so part of my mission is to help women make that distinction that, um, you know, mother blame is like a form of you know, it's a form of not taking responsibility. It's a form of blaming your mother. It's it's just a form of like postponing your healing. You're not ready yet. Um, you're in a more of a victim place. Healing I was the mother wound. Ask you about that. Yeah, it's more of a victim place. Um, but healing the mother wound is a different thing entirely, and it's really the epitome, I think, of taking adult responsibility for your life. It's like, what are the problematic patterns that I have going on? And how did I, how did I inherit them or take them on so that I can actually heal and move forward and break the cycle? So it's actually not really about our mothers in the end. It's about how can I be the most responsible, happy human mm. in, in my life? So it's, you know, my mission is to take away the taboo, take away the shame of this very responsible and courageous inner work that I think every human needs to do. Like I hope generations from now, this is in psychology textbooks and everybody thinks of this as just part of being a conscious human. It's not about blaming parents or mothers. It's about, we all inherit stuff, you know, it's really no one to blame. Ultimately, it's like everyone's a victim and everyone's a perpetrator in, in the human experience in some capacity. So it's like by becoming conscious of all of it, we really like to help to lift the burden off of other people, the projections that will naturally happen with others, whether they're our colleagues, our boss, our romantic partners, or our kids, you know, whatever we don't own, we project, we pass on. So this is a form of like digesting all the junk we might've inherited, taking it off, you know, dismantling. It's why I like to call healing the mother wound. Another way of saying it is like dismantling the patriarchy within ourselves. Well, you talked about it in your book and you said that, um, 
the motherless daughters are finding each other. Um, mm. That's never been more true in my life than when I started opening up about my mother wound. You know, like I would find other women that were the unmothered, right? Yes, or, we're all we're all looking for each other. <laughs> we want for each. Yeah, we're like, we're, okay, we're we're the crew right here, you know. But like, I've been able to attract all these women into my life. And like, we, I see you. I'm like, we see each other. I'm like, I see every mother's day. We're like on it with each other. We're like, nice. how are you feeling today? You know, like, and we're also, like you said, high-fiving and encouraging each other to like mother ourselves, like re-mother right. ourselves. You said two things um, that I think are really important to, about the distinction between the mother wound and mother blaming is a sense of consciousness, right? really versus a sense of victimhood. I remember right. having a conversation, um, you know, there's there's two things here. I, one of my good friends, Susie Moore, who wrote the book, um, Let It Be Easy, she says, victims need villains, like, right? There's some people who like need to have someone to blame for the sake of blaming, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, then there's a level of consciousness where it's like, okay, I see that that happened. This happened. It's not necessarily anybody's fault, but it was the reality. Yeah, it's like victimhood is a reality in it's but it's a temporary place on the on the cycle of healing. So Thank part of healing that. Yeah, we we were victims. So there yes. was a victimization that occurred. But it occurred when we were children. So mm. um it's about like processing that original context. We were innocent kids dependent upon adults. And That's we right. were totally there was nothing we did wrong. It was just something that was done to us. So there was a victimization there. Um, but we don't like live inside of that as an identity. That's the difference. Yeah. We just acknowledge like a victimization happened. I get to be mad about that. I get to grieve that. And then when you actually do that authentic emotional processing, you come out the other side and you realize you're not a victim. Yeah. But we do truly do have to visit that victim place. We just don't want to live there. I lived there. <laughs> you know? My friends, I hope you have taken some gems from this conversation with Bethany Webster. In my journey to heal my own mother wound, I know it can take time to process some of the concepts and we owe it to ourselves to create space for reflection. This is a subject and practice that has truly been transformational in my life. And I'm excited for you all to catch part two of my conversation with Bethany Webster, author of Discovering the Inner Mother next week. That said, Mother's Day is coming up this weekend, and I know that this can be a very triggering holiday for so many people. Those who have lost mothers, those who have strained relationships with their mothers, people who want desperately to become mothers and beyond. I hope that you are able to make some time to honor all of your feelings this weekend, and just know that I am sending you love and light. I will always hold a special place in my heart for the motherless daughters and the daughters who have had to mother themselves. You are not alone. I am with you on this journey. I want to encourage you to purchase or download Discovering the Inner Mother by Bethany Webster to guide you on this journey. I look forward to having you tune in for part two next week. If you know, you know, and that's why you're here. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code, the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love.
Thank you so much to my friends at The Herd for sponsoring this episode of The Know with Nikki Spo. The Herd app is available for both iPhone and Android, and you can easily find it by searching for The Herd, that's spelled T-H-E-H-E-A-R-D, all one word, in your preferred app store. And while you are at it, check out my profile under Nikki Spolstra to learn more about my personal recommendations and see how I am utilizing The Herd. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park